seemingly unable to make progress on virtually any domestic issues. But with the assassination of Kennedy and the determination of President Lyndon Johnson, the Senate broke the Southern filibuster, making possible the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the greatest legislative accomplishment in our history. The Senate went on from there to play a key role in the range of great society legislation, which still forms the foundation of much of American life. After its unwise acquiescence in the Tonkin Gulf Resolution, which Johnson misused as a license to widen America's involvement in Vietnam, the Senate became the forum for debating and ultimately stopping the war. In 1973, the Watergate Committee worked, in tandem with the press, the courts, and the special prosecutor, to hold Richard Nixon and his administration accountable for their crimes and their cover-up. In 1975, the Senate empowered a select committee, chaired by Frank Church, to investigate the abuses of the intelligence community. Reacting to the imperial presidency of Johnson and Nixon, the Senate and the House reasserted congressional prerogatives, giving themselves powerful new instruments, the Budget Act and the War Powers Act, for checking the executive. In short, the Senate was in the forefront of every major issue during a decade of crisis in our country, dealing with civil rights, war and peace, presidential power, and Supreme Court nominations, the Senate seemed to have a special relationship to the Constitution. It occupied a unique role in our country, just as the Founders had intended. The magnetic pull that the Senate exerted on me was not unique. During this period, the Senate was the place to be, where a young man or woman could come to Washington, hitch their star to a major national figure, make a mark at an early age, and derive priceless experience in politics and government. It was no accident that the staff of the Senate and senators of this era included young men and women who would be future senators and congressional leaders. George Mitchell, Tom Daschle, Lamar Alexander, Mitch McConnell, Susan Collins, Tom Foley, Fred Thompson, Jane Harmon, Norm Dix, Nancy Pelosi, Steny Hoyer, Chris Van Hollen, future press and media luminaries, Tim Russert, Chris Matthews, Mark Shields, Lawrence O'Donnell, George Will, Jeff Greenfield, Colby King, Stephen Perlstein, future White House Chiefs of Staff, Leon Panetta, John Podesta, Ken Duberstein, Josh Bolton, a future Secretary of State, Madeleine Albright, two future Supreme Court Justices, Stephen Breyer and Elena Kagan, and a future President, Bill Clinton. They trained in the right place. As Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes once wrote about those who had been young during the Civil War, in our youth, to our great good fortune, our hearts were touched with fire. By late 1975, Nixon had resigned and the Vietnam War was over. The crisis that had gripped the country for a decade had finally abated, but a very strong Senate remained active and assertive. I found my work as absorbing and fulfilling as I had hoped, and I stayed 12 years. Many people stayed longer and accomplished more, but I had an unusual range of experiences. Working on the personal staff of senators, as well as committee and leadership staffs, running a special Senate committee, serving in the majority and in the minority, 
working on domestic and foreign policy issues, ranging from national security wiretapping to the Senate Ethics Code to completing the Metro Rail system. Quite possibly, no one ever had the privilege of working for as many distinguished senators. In addition to Javits and Nelson, Abraham Ribicoff, Democrat, Connecticut, Robert Byrd, Democrat, West Virginia, Thomas Eagleton, Democrat, Missouri, and finishing with Jay Rockefeller, Democrat, West Virginia, as his first chief of staff. Javits entered the Senate in 1957. Rockefeller retired from the Senate at the end of 2014. The men that I worked for spanned nearly 60 years of Senate history. I left the Senate at the end of 1987, returning to private law practice. A few years later, I got a different vantage point on the Senate starting in 1993, when I joined the Clinton administration as general counsel to the U.S. Trade...